Welcome to Upfront. We're here at Stamford Bridge to speak to one of the stars of Chelsea's season ahead of a huge week for the club, with Man United coming here on Sunday and Real Madrid visiting the week after. Emma Hayes signed Neve Charles in 2020 from Liverpool, where she was predominantly a forward. But Hayes, in a reverse Rachel Daly, saw her place at full-back or wing-back. Since then, she's never looked back. She played a crucial role at the back end of last season for Chelsea, and now she's a regular Lioness and has started this season superbly, with a performance against Real Madrid in the Champions League particularly eye-catching. So I want to catch up with her today about how things are going so far this season, working under Emma Hayes, and of course, adapting to Sam Kerr's injury. All right, Neve, we're here at Stamford Bridge uh, and Chelsea's next two games are here as well, which is very exciting. You've got, obviously, Manchester United on Sunday and Real Madrid next week. Um, your first half of the season was brilliant, by the way. Uh, big fan. There's lots of love for you on the pod as well. Um, you've had a lot of praise. What do you think has given you the extra 10% this season? You know, Or do you think people are just maybe paying more attention to your performances? Have they just not been paying attention? <laughs> I don't know. That's up to someone else, but... <laughs> I think I think it's probably just been time. Like it's been something that's been building and I've been working hard and yeah, I think I've said it before. I wanted it all straight away, but it's it's definitely a process and I've still got a lot of work to do. But it has just been time on the training pitch and yeah, gradually got a bit better. A bit better. But that's putting it mildly. <laughs> I feel like especially towards the back end of last season, you really like massively stepped up mm-hmm. D- did it feel like when the season I know obviously you're in England but did it feel like that kind of end of season came at like the worst time to be honest thinking back is so hard like I couldn't even tell you like the end of last season what it was like but I, I do remember towards the end I did get in a good flow and a good rhythm and I think the team did as well we were sort of game to game to game we had really good momentum and flow so yeah it probably it was a nice feeling actually to be at the end of the season and for things to be sort of flowing and we had some good momentum and I think that's all you can really ask for at the end of the season um, but yeah maybe a few more games would have been nice <laughs> um, you're of course facing a hugely important week and mm. without Sam Kerr um, as well which is so gutting mm. um, what was that like you know maybe for the team when that happened um, and it's another thing I guess you guys are known as mentality monsters but it's it's a new challenge for you guys to face I guess yeah it was it was absolutely gutting Anytime anyone does that, it's just gutting from a football perspective, of course, because she'll be a huge miss. She's unbelievable. But also from like, uh, we all love her so much. And yeah, she's a really good friend. And it, you just don't want to see someone going through that. So I think from both sides, it, it was, and it still is, it is heartbreaking and it's it's sad to see. But of course, we'll all be around her and yeah, support her on this journey 100%. And I think we have a good enough squad that, it's going to be different, but we've trained so hard that if anything would happen to anyone, we can sort of deal with it. And I think we all know that injuries are a part of football. It's the worst part of football, but when it happens, it's it's not to be expected, but you have to sort of react. And I think how we react will be really important. Maybe you guys are better at kind of reacting to it than those of us on the outside. I guess as well, you've stepped up in, in when players have been injured previously, you know, and Guro was out. Um, you know that your side of the pitch as well. I felt mm-hmm. like you you stepped up again. Um, do you feel that kind of maybe pressure? I guess when you've maybe your talisman that you're normally sending balls into is is out, or do you feel like that depth in the squad you're going to be okay? I think that's something ever since I've been here. It's it's a bit about the squad. So no matter who plays, that we have people coming off the bench, starting the the rotation's always been there. So 
I think we're quite well prepared for that. But of course, when Guru was out, I really enjoyed playing with her. Um, so I did miss her and I'm really happy she's back as well. But I think even during that time, the people that played did unbelievably in, they brought their qualities to it as well, which is what I really like. They, it's, they can play and play their own way and play really well. So I think... Yeah, I'm happy she's back for the strength of the squad as well. And I really do enjoy playing with her. Yeah, your connection is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, Man United, you've, you've shut out Man United mm-hmm. um, in both of your last meetings with them uh, in the League of March and the FA Cup final. What's been the key to those performances, do you think? Because I feel like for them, you're their final hurdle, if you like. Um, I think, I think. well, we really, they're an amazing team. They've got goals and then we really respect them. And I think, on the day we know that they have that so we need to be really on it defensively and yeah I think we we do pride ourselves on that and that in a, in a long season like this that those really do add up and sort of being able to keep clean sheets which we know we need to keep more of um they make the big difference come the end of the season so for sure when they come here yeah we'll be looking to do that again but again we know how good they are and they've got threats all over the pitch as well so yeah it'll be a tough test they always feel like it feels like two titans um, when you play these kind of matches. But to be honest, I guess the league has stepped up again this season and every game is harder, arguably. Um, but still, do, do playing the top three teams, top four teams, I mean, you're in the top four teams. Does it have an extra edge? I think when our aim is to win the, the league every game. Like you have to go into it and not think about any other game. So this weekend it'll be United and that's the most important thing and then come the next week it'll be that game but of course you want to play in these are the big games with the big fan bases and yeah that's really exciting but that's not to say I don't enjoy other games just as much as well I think they all bring different tests and I really enjoy this test but as well as the others I think I think it, the beauty of trying to win a league is like you can't you can afford very few slip-ups as well so it really keeps you on it and honest throughout the season yeah and I- I think over 20,000 tickets sold Mm -hmm. now or expecting over 20,000 at the game. You know, we've spoken to you about your fan base before. Emma's talked about them a lot. Manchester United have a great fan base Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. How much is that going to affect the game or, you know, add to the game when you've got those two kinds of fan bases who are loud, Mm -hmm. who sing in Stamford Bridge? Mm -hmm. How good is that going to be? Yeah, I I think when I sit in the stands at games and then... I see it from both sides. I really appreciate when the fans sort of get behind you and when there's a they're really good atmosphere, it drives you on as players. And yeah, hopefully our fans can sort of... Uh, the United fans I know are really loud, but hopefully our fans will out-sing them and create a really, really good atmosphere because that adds to it as well as part of the women's game is sort of growing on the pitch and off the pitch as well in terms of selling more tickets as well and becoming yeah, a really sustainable business. Do you like that rivalry as a player on the pitch when you hear fans you know, chanting back and forth at each other or maybe booing players or does that like just drive you on further on the pitch? Yeah, I think there's a part of me that completely shuts off to it and I just, I'm just like, what is happening within the pitch as well? But then there are times when it's just, I really like it when someone does like a really good tackle and I love when the team, like the fans love that. That's the side of football that I think is really good in England. Like we don't just celebrate the amazing maybe shot or goal we it's the slide tackle last ditch tackle I love when fans get behind that yeah or when you like break up the pitch and suddenly the whole crowd thinks oh my god something's gonna happen yeah. and it's and you can hear the seats sort of go because everyone starts standing standing <laughs> yeah. up I love that yeah. um you were the youngest starter 
in that Champions League final back in 2021. That is a great stat, producer Finn. Well done. Yeah, um, I didn't even know that. <laughs> but in the away leg at Real Madrid in November, you look like, you know, the experience there, completely different. Like you looked so experienced um, on the pitch. How much do you think experiencing different teams um, and different styles of play, I guess, outside of the WSL mm-hmm. has helped develop you within it? Yeah, I think that's why I joined Chelsea. I think it's... you to appreciate different cultures, different style of play. And I think when you play the WSL at the weekend and then you play in the Champions League, it keeps you on your toes because you have to think, it's the WSL, what does that bring with it? And then you have to sort of change your mindset to the Champions League, different style of play, who when you play in the league year in, year out, you do get to know teams to a certain degree. Whereas each year in the Champions League, there's different tests. Maybe you play teams that you never played before. So that's a really exciting part of it. And for us to go away with the Champions League nights, yeah, I really enjoy them. And I think it's, yeah, it's where this club wants to be, competing for the biggest trophies. And yeah, I think, yeah, they're pretty special. It's, uh, I know, I'm sure you're quite enjoying being the only English team in the in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. But from a, a WSL perspective, it does feel like the further English teams go and, and experience it, it kind of brings it back to the league as a whole as well. That Mainz teams have to challenge harder to when they come up against you and kind of further develops the league as well. Would, would that be fair? Yeah, I think so. And I think England, the success of the Lionesses, I think has also helped with that in terms of these little things, where whether it's drawing in a Champions League audience or drawing in national team fans to the w, back to the WSL. Again, it just brings that week in, week out. I think that's how you build a really good business is week in, week out. You're getting the fans, you're getting the attention, not just for the big games, for every single game as well. And I think you've definitely seen that this season, that every game, the attendances have increased. And also, that's kind of shown on the pitch as well. There's been upsets. You can't expect every game is interesting. And I think that's really exciting. So hopefully, with the success of the Champions League, hopefully the continued success of England as well is only going to help. And of course, Champions League means more games at Stamford Bridge as well, which, Mm. does it ever get old playing here? No, I think it's, I th- yeah, coming here when you come out and the whole thing about when the Champions League music starts playing as well, there's something about it, like you can't, it's pretty priceless and if you're not already up for the game, it gets you up for the game and this is the the club, like the home of the club and I think, yeah, it's it's pretty special and hopefully we can create sort of a fortress here and as we do, do I think, at Kings Meadow as well, hopefully we can bring that here as well. I know we touched on the Barcelona final there. Um, your experience of that pace of the game. I mean, you've experienced you've experienced playing against Spain. I imagine as well. Mm-hmm. It's that that kind of pace of football. Um, is there anyone you ever come up against in the Champions League that, other than maybe them, has been as tough at that kind of pace of football? I do think the Spanish teams in general. There's obviously individuals that are extremely quick that you come up against that you have to be really on it. But I think in terms of the holistic pace of the game, I think the Spanish teams probably, and the French teams really, I just think that there's individual teams at Champions League that really play tick-attack of football, Mm. like it's one and two touch. But then you also have pace of the game where you have one quick forward who's going to completely take the ball and run and sort of beat you all. So there's different ways to be sort of really explosive but I do think the Spanish teams that you come up against they have it's ingrained in their DNA and I think it's 
it's that's what I say about it's really nice to play against those then go back to the WSL where it's a different form of sort of playing football different culture but yeah definitely the Spanish teams probably pretty consistently there's obviously other teams as well but I think pretty consistently the Spanish teams but for your position as well though playing against that style of football Mm -hmm. like knowing the timings of when to go forward and Mm -hmm. when to stay back you know it must be quite difficult in in that particular position playing against that type of football and and getting your timings right you must Mm -hmm. learn fast yeah I think when you're playing the game if it happens once you're like oh right that's a warning and it can't happen again um, but I, I just think across the pitch when you're playing at that get against that pace in the midfield they'll be think there's things that'll be happening that they'll be thinking oh, that's quick or if it's tick attacker for example they're moving so quick so the midfield it's really hard for them to pick up whereas if it's a pacey forward and behind it would be sort of the defence and the full backs that they've got to be really switched on to sort of dropping if there's pressure on the ball so I think getting that right in each individual game it's it's tactically like it's enjoyable to sort of be able to nullify those threats in different ways and subtly change the way we play for each game. So that's, I mean, that's why it's so interesting as you can't, it's no two games the same sort of thing. And yeah, I just think some games we've played where the midfield have really had the battle, the battle and like bossed it in the end. Like you, you just go through so much like ebbs and flows in the game with momentum and stuff. And yeah, I just, it's a proper battle. Is there anybody who plays in in the same position as you that maybe around the WSL or even Europe that you've looked at or you enjoyed the way they play or or taken anything away from the way they play? Um, I wouldn't say I look. To me, my lessons are def- have definitely come within Chelsea and obviously at England as well. With I mean, you, the first one you think of is Lucy Bronze. Like she's been colossal for years and years and years. And I think. The way, the way I want to play is to be the best version of me, but 100% there's, there's things you can take that they do extremely well, that their their strengths. But I think if I can just think of like in within Chelsea, there's across the back line, I can think of Marin and Jess who individually have things that they're so, so like the best in the world at that I can look at day in, day out and train and not just on the games and think I want to take that or, oh, she's really good at that. Why is she good at that? And I think that's been really good for me sort of see those things that they're consistently really good at it's not just like one time by chance they were good at it it's like they're consistently they back themselves on it and yeah I think that's been really good for me to sort of break down the little parts of the game and see what they're really good at and try and take that and try and learn from it as well that sounds like Chelsea as well that not not doesn't happen overnight it's not one good thing it's Mm -hmm. a long-term working hard putting it together and, and seeing the outcome and seeing the results yeah I think I mean, I guess it's the same for every team, but I think for us, it's definitely a, a whole season thing. And then when you come back in in pre-season, it's day one again, and you have to sort of, I think that's a great mentality of, right, that's in the past now, we're going to have to earn it again. And I think this this league keeps you really honest that if you'll be found out quick, if you're not sort of up to it. And yeah, I think it's our job as players to make sure we're doing that day in, day out on training as well, and not just coming to a match day. There's a reason mentality monsters is probably one of the most used phrases on this podcast <laughs> say it all the time when we talk about you guys but it is so true I feel like that's an area that maybe not enough is talked about we probably talk about it enough with Chelsea but kind of across with the teams is the mental side of the game mm-hmm. and how you stay switched on and how you when you're one nil down and mm-hmm. um, we were talking to Johanna Wright in Canarid and she was saying we just didn't think we weren't going to mm-hmm. score we just knew we were going to score mm-hmm. and it's just a diff- it's a mindset right yeah and i I do think you have to keep doing that. It's just because we had it a few years ago, it's a consistent thing you have to work on. And 
the influence that it has in the game is massive. I think you you can't see it, you can't necessarily measure it in stats or whatever, but the mentality can it a lot of the time is the difference individually and with the team and I think that's something that we pride ourselves on definitely and we we felt when it makes a difference and I think that's something that we really really want to keep. Emma Hayes mm-hmm. for you it feels like she's had you know a big impact on your career she brought you to Chelsea uh, just before the treble winning season in 2020 and changed your position too mm-hmm. Um there's still another huge six months, of course, yeah. for her. Uh, but, you know, if there's one lesson that you'll remember from your time working with her once she's moved on, what will it be? What will it be? Hmm. I think the lesson would be about it's, it's the standards that you create over a period of time. It's not you just turn up and... It goes well this week. I think that's the biggest thing is it's, it's, and I've been on the receiving end of that. I think when I, I referred to again, I'm just eager and wanted it all the time. And I've actually, it doesn't happen overnight. It's for her, it's been years and years of sort of building the foundation from the ground up. And I think I can take that and approach it to my own individual thing for the continued success of the club, hopefully. But it's the things that you do every single day, making sure that they're right and fighting in multiple different directions. It's not just what you do on the training pitch, it's how you're progressing the club off the pitch as well. I think that's something she's been really, really good at and hopefully we can continue that. Do you feel like it's a very, you're a very forward-looking team? Like you take one game at a time, but once it's done, you don't sit too long in that and get comfortable. You're you're looking forward again and looking at areas and to improving. Yeah, for sure. That's, she's been really good at, the games have come thick and fast for us, so you do need to move on quick. So it's getting that balance of not looking too far ahead, but also moving on really quick. And I think she's been really good at that. But also in terms of what she's built at the club is she's been forward thinking in terms of the menstrual cycle. I think when players come to the club, they say sort of how detailed it is around like the holistic approach to how we're looked after, how they approach the game. And I think that's something that I hope we can keep, that it's sort of the multifaceted, multidirectional approach that I think is pretty unique at the moment. And hopefully it comes across the women's game. But yeah, I do feel fortunate that that's the case and, that we're always looking for those little areas to improve and we've definitely put the staff in place and the players to hopefully make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. And then taking it back from the macro to the micro, mm-hmm. hoping all of that's perfectly in place for the game this weekend. Yeah, hopefully. I think, yeah, as I say, like we, we work one game at a time. So obviously it was just West Ham and now the full focus will be on United. And then you think, quick, I didn't even think about Real Madrid, but you've obviously brought up, then it'll be the quick turnaround to Real Madrid. But yeah, looking forward to this weekend, it'll be full focus on that and hopefully we'll have a few good days on the training pitch and yeah can't wait for it really excited brilliant well best of luck thank you so much for joining us and joining us on up front as well thank you very much cheers thank you for listening to today's bonus app. as ever remember you can find us on instagram and x chloe is at morgie underscore 89 i'm at girls in the ball and we're at upfront underscore pod you can also find us on youtube at upfront pod see you next week Upfront is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.